Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 25, Friends in Low Places. Yes, could you please sing? Uh, no. I got friends they- in low Okay. Very nice. Very we nice. have a guest today, and yeah. we just shocked her with the <laughs> idea that this is going to be a sing-along. A musical so, podcast. This is episode no. 25, a musical. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are hitting all the happiness topics these last few weeks, uh, <laughs> but we are going to be talking about friendship in pain. So when you're going through a tough time, how can you be a good friend to someone who's going through it? How can you be a good person going through it? What's helpful for your friends? And so I'm, I'm hopeful this is helpful. And um, but before we get there, let's talk about our guest and yes. who we are. Good I'm idea. Lori Krieg, yes. and <laughs> I'm the executive director of Whole in My Heart Ministries. Uh, you can check us out online for more about what we do and why we do it. I'm here with producer Steve. Hello. And we usually have my husband Matt Krieg, who is a licensed counselor. And I heard we're gonna have to talk about this in a couple of weeks. Somebody pulled me aside and was like, so your husband's the star of the show, isn't he? I was like, what? And I've had this in my head. And I'm like, he kind of is. I feel yeah. like we just kind of like set it up for Matt to just like be wise. <laughs> and then yes. I, but they, they're like, yeah, we kind of realize that he is. I'm like, all right, it's cool. It's cool. So we'll talk about that when he's back next Slam week. dunk Matt. Lori for the assist. <laughs> for the, it totally is. And you're the, I don't know. I don't know the, either. The, you're, you're that big the the helper. Okay. I'm the kid who comes and wipes the sweat off the, off the floor of <laughs> the, the court. The water boy. That's it. Yeah. You're very important. Okay. <laughs> and Tammy Perlmutter, welcome. Hey, Lori. Hey, Steve. Thanks Hello. for having me today. Yeah. We're so glad you are here. Welcome to the insanity. That yes. is the Hole in My Heart podcast. We get a little goofy. We get a little deep. Um, and I'm so excited to have you as my friend here on the podcast as we're talking about friendship. So before we get into that, we are going to talk a little bit. It got real, real last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just thanks to those of you who listened. Um, Tammy, I know you listened. I was like, before you come on, you're probably going to want to listen to this. Uh, what did you think of it, Tammy? I'll let you start. And then I'll just, I just want to respond to those of you who reached out since then. I, I found it incredibly powerful. Um, I was really touched by just you and Matt and your honesty, your authenticity, um, and your willingness to just get really raw and really deep with one another as well as with your audience. And I found it incredibly impactful. Oh, thank you. That was not planned. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who texted and emailed and messaged. And like, I know I kind of like threw that out there at the end. I'm like, this is really hard. If you can say nice things, that'd be stellar. (laughs) Um, but that was super kind of you guys to reach out. And I'm not going to lie. I just, uh, got off the phone with one of my friends out in California and I was like, she was asking me how I'm doing. And I was like, there's such a temptation after being so vulnerable to like, want to button yourself back up and be like, actually, we're good. We're good. Actually, just, you know, you feel there's like a level of like shame and like that I'm fighting. And there's this layer of like, I don't want people to feel bad for me. Um, But I've also seen such a sweetness in in being authentic because it has allowed people to also open up. And it's it's kind of like you look at each other across the room or across the Internet and you're like, you busted, too what up? Yeah. <laughs> like you need Jesus too. Got it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, there's actually been when I let myself stay and not hide again, uh, it's actually been really sweet. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, listen to last week's and then maybe listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, anyway, uh, before we get into the question of the week from last week, I just realized it's Lent. It's yeah. starting today, and right. um, it's like Valentine Lent. Weird. I know. It, speaking of vulnerability, you guys giving anything up? I, I have <laughs> not even. I have like, not even. Eyes bugging even out. Even thought to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll get back with you. Got it. Yeah. Tammy, you? No, um, not so much giving up as taking. Um, I've just been kind of spending a lot more time in silence and solitude, and so continuing to make that a uh, daily habit as much as I can. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about it till a couple hours ago when Matt, I'll put in a ra- the star of the show, <laughs> is, he asked me, he's like, so it's Lent, you giving anything up? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm giving up, giving up. I'm going to not quit. Hmm. Um, but I have been, I'm going to put a shout out for this new app I found that's a Bible app. I get nothing for saying this, but I love it so much that I want to tell you. It's called Streetlights. And it takes like the actual Bible, the word of God, and it puts a sick beat behind it. I know. (laughs) And so like a good beat. Sick is good. Yeah. 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 And so I've listened to like Romans 8 on repeat for like, like at least 20 times in the last 24 hours. So instead of just like checking um, social media, I'm trying to like just add more Bible into my life. And it really helps when it's awesome and you want to dance. So anyway, there's that. Okay, but to the question of the week from last week, uh, we talked about hope and some of our lack of hope at sometimes, but what is something you are hopeful for, like pre-heaven, pre-New Kingdom? What's something you're hopeful for? Well, uh, we are expecting another grandbaby. Yay. Uh, just within a few weeks. I mean, like, it could be any time. It could be any time now. Oh, my word. You, so, like, just announced that, like, five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> it's probably, yeah. like, 20 episodes ago, but that feels like five minutes. Right. No, That's I know. Awesome. It, it has kind of flown. So, um, yeah, they are ready, I think, yeah. and uh, we're ready. It's going to be a girl this time. So. Oh. That. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's something. That's totally in the something. immediate future. Oh yeah, go girl. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter myself, and I'm very biased towards girls. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tammy. Same question for you, but we're actually going to switch from Skype. Thank you, Skype, but you're not nailing it right now. Uh, <laughs> to the good old fashioned telephone. Yep. <laughs> so, Tammy, what's something that you are looking forward to in the near future? Um, family vacation. We actually haven't been on a real vacation that lasted more than a day and a half um, since we've had our daughter Phoenix, and she's 14. Aww. So we're going to be spending two weeks, and we're going to be driving halfway across the country, hitting New York and Philadelphia to see our families and friends there. And Pennsylvania, I think, is the most beautiful state in the country. And whenever I'm there, I experience uh, deep joy and just amazing peace. And so mm. I can't wait to be there with my family. Oh, I nice. love that. I grew up for a little while, part of my growing up in Pennsylvania. Where at? Yeah. Uh, outside of Scranton. So not one of oh, the most Scranton. beautiful parts of Pennsylvania. But <laughs> well, I did, definitely not, no. Yeah, no. But I did get to see a lot of the, the state because you drive across it, you know, whenever you're coming to the Midwest. So, yeah. Was it fun working at the paper company? <laughs> Dunder Mifflin. Yep, that was me. Yep. You're like, oh my word, I've never heard that, Lori. You're so funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, guys. Love it. Uh, something I'm looking forward to is actually Saturday. Um, so the next day after this podcast come out comes out, I can talk good. Uh, but we are just inviting some people to do family dinner at our house, and it's just people who are growing are just friends, like. And 
fall somewhere on the LGBT alphabet, like, and it's people who are running after Jesus. And I'm like giddy with excitement because it feels so heavenly like to just invite people who are in different <laughs> paths and in different lives and and I can like learn from them and yet we all have this common denominator of Jesus and I'm just like I'm freaking out I'm so excited so to just eat together and laugh and talk and like listen so I'm really Very excited cool. yeah. Wow. yeah also next year's our 10-year anniversary Matt and I and we're talking about hiking climbing climb every mountain forge every stream Follow every rainbow wow. until you find your dream. <laughs> Again, I told you it's going to be musical today. Uh, but we're going to go and do like Bryce out in Utah yeah. and like do all those things. It's our hope. So we still have to buy the tickets, but I'm really excited about that. Anyway, let's go to Goofball Island, which for those of you who are not familiar, this is when we take a vacation from our problems. And we're going to take a rolly office chair because we're going to play the game Table Topics. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so if you're my friend on Facebook, I recently asked, which feel free to add me uh, any old time, uh, but I asked for adult get to know you games that don't make you hate everything. <laughs> and Steve, you gave me a good one. I downloaded that one. So Fibbage. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It looked fun. So yeah. got that. And you got to have a device to play it on, though, yeah. I think. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. we've got it. The Amazon oh, cool. Fire cool. something or other. Yep. Um, but one of them was table topics. So I just went on the good old fashioned Amazon Prime. And two days later, I start reading questions that we can answer for this show awesome. as well as for other things that I needed it for. But two of the questions, um, one of them, we're going to do two of them, two of the cards. And one of them is what fashion trend did you follow that was very cool back in the day? Mm. And now it looks ridiculous. Tammy, let's let's start with you. Oh, my gosh. Um Probably some of my worst fashion memories were really the shoes back in the 80s. Oh, hey. I'm talking like those white LA gear high tops, those mm. jellies. Oh, the, the jellies. white lace yeah. Victorian boots, uh, the Sperry topside boat shoes, penny those... loafers. I mean, there was just like so <laughs> many bad examples of footwear from the 80s. <laughs> and um, when I became a teenager, I gave up bad shoes footwear and um started wearing chuck taylor's exclusively yeah. and my first paycheck for my first job i bought a pair of doc martens and i've never gone back there you go wow. doc martens oh yeah yep. those jelly shoes are in style again bt does really? no. yeah i was well, at... go, probably go with your mom jeans Lord. yeah don't worry about it don't judge me i'm wearing them right now <laughs> I will wear these until I hate everything, speaking of, because I look like a dork. But, yeah, the jellies are in style. My three-year-old's like, what are these? I'm like, just don't ask questions. Just go. <laughs> I'll probably get her some in a few months. Don't yeah. worry about it. But. She'll be asking for the jellies. Oh, the jellies. Yeah. But those Sperry's, I didn't know they were cool in the 80s. Then they were cool mm -hmm. like two they years were. ago. The boat um, shoes, yeah. And maybe, yeah, the boat shoes, yeah, Bass had them. We would wear them with our uniforms. I went to a Christian school for a couple oh. of years, and that was like the big like uniform shoe. Yeah. was either the saddle shoe or the top sliders. There it is. Wow. All right. Brown, so leather. Yep. I mean, just, just so bad. <laughs> I love it. I'm still kind of Victorian lace. I like don't even know how to like say oh. that like phrase. Victorian <laughs> lace up boots. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay, wow. please do. Not of me in them, though. That's okay. not happening. No. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, so I'm going now. Yeah. Uh, so for me, there was the mullet. Wow. I mean, not a super like, a, like Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. A clean but, mullet. 
Yeah, I mean, it was business up front yeah. and, you know, a pretty good social gathering in the back. I mean, that wasn't like a party in the back, but it was, you know, pretty Decent respectful. Size. Yeah. You and Matt. This is why you guys are BFFs. Yes. Because same for him. Wow. Nice, clean mullet. Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas, clean yes. mullet. Yes. Yep. Okay. Also, we used to do a thing. This was in the late 80s, early 90s, where you would take your jeans down at the... Yeah. Cuff mm-hmm. and you'd fold them over and roll Peg them up. Em. Peg, yes, yes, yes. That's back in style. Peg the jeans. Do it. Yep. I have a picture of me in Peg jeans as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You guys can do it like now with your mom jeans and the boat shoes and the boat <laughs> and jelly shoes, whichever one. Yeah, whatever. It's just not those Victorian lace. Um, no. I did in high school the like buns, two buns, like you look like a mouse on top of your head. Uh, maybe junior high. And then it was like you put chopsticks in them. Not sure why, hmm. but they were a really big deal uh, when I was in junior high and high school. Also, I was a big fan of Legolas when Lord of the Rings came oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like my hair right now. I'm not yeah. going to lie. If I added some braids, my sister sent me a... Which I learned, okay, it is not GIF. Do you know you say GIF? I, I've never really yeah. known. If it was GIF or JIF. I watched someone on YouTube rage about it for a while. Wow. And like, he was real, real mad. And I was like, okay, fine. I knew I was right. I knew it. See? I think Phoenix are always trying to correct me. And I'm like, no, it's a GIF. It is. But it I don't is. push. Whatever. That G-I-F hmm. word. Uh, but my sister was sending me Legolas GIF gifts today. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I really do look like Yeah, him. it's so. true. Anyway, all right, second question from Table Topics as we sit in our... I'm actually sitting in a rolly chair. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite childhood meal? Okay, um, well, being a Philadelphia native, I'd have to say cheesesteaks and hoagies. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's not um, like just like... nothing like them. That's not like a kitschy thing. You're like, I mean, we have to like them. But like you like really, no. it's like your oh. DNA. It totally is. Yes, absolutely. Okay order them out all the time or my mom my mom was a psych nurse and she works three to eleven so my dad would come home from work and he would make a steakums with the white what? american deli cheese yes. and amarosa rolls what? and it was like yeah. the best i remember steakums grilled onions yeah steak steak gums yeah like a vampire yeah, steak, like, like um, steak that vampire <laughs> no <laughs> like steak as in like, like steak. steak like the food oh, steak, like steak. Yeah. got it <laughs> wow Did, did you get to eat those when you were at Dunder Mifflin? Yes, <laughs> I did. Anyway, uh, for me, my mom uh, is famous for two things, lasagna. Yeah. And we're not Italian, but she makes really good lasagna. Nice. And uh, like chicken and rice, like hmm. a baked chicken with rice. Yeah. Casserole type. Sort item. of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's what I... Nice. Like if I'm back home with mom and dad and for some reason my mom wants to make me a meal, it's got to be one of one or the other. Love it. Yep. So if you'll recall, I've got 11 siblings. So growing up, we ate a lot of soup. Mm. We ate a lot of spaghetti. Uh, I also, I don't know why I had a little flashback the other day. I saw a loaf of bread and I was like, we used to. Like, there's a lot of us, okay, around a huge table. And my mom used to just throw a whole loaf of bread on a plate with butter next to it and honey. And so if you didn't fill up enough on the soup or whatever it was, you just filled up on carbs. And so I love all carbs. Yeah. Because that's what I grew up on. (laughs) Uh, And cookies. We liked all the, the sugary carbs. So this has been fun. 
let's 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 wheel our chair back to the heart of the matter because we're going to be talking about friendship which i'm just having a, a recollection right now with people who listen to the podcast they're like yeah i have to fast forward through all the other stuff not really they like like yeah. they're like then it was like really getting good and then i yeah. couldn't listen anymore I'm like okay i'll just tell people at mar- marker yes. number this is when we get put it serious. in the show notes yeah i should do that i should do that um but we are taking a break from the you and me forever book we are going to nail the the chapter uh six and seven Seven in two weeks, actually. Um, but we want to make sure that Matt's here. We started that adventure together. Mm. We want to end it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's going to happen the week that we see Francis Chan in, in person when we all get the Fran Chan oh, face tats. Um, <laughs> inappropriate. No, too much. Too much Fran Chan. Uh, but we're talking friend, uh, friend, friendship. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I am off the <laughs> rails. Mr. Chan on the mind. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> friendship. Yes. Um, and so, Tammy, we are friends. We've I, we've only met in person once when you came and heard me speak at Wheaton because you live in Chicago, which is a few hours away from G-Raps, which is also known as Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> um, but how did we first meet? How did we first connect and why? Um, well, I actually found our first interaction whoa it was facebook messenger november 2015 wow which i did i thought we were only friends for like a little over a year but it's over two years actually okay and um i do random internet searches looking for resources for women who struggle with same-sex attraction and i happened upon one of your posts and i friended you on facebook and you accepted my request Mm-hmm. And then I thanked you for your openness and realness, and we became friends from that moment on. Awesome. Yeah, and we've done some back and forth. And a reason that, um, like, I've been so, so grateful. I've talked about my small group. I just need to, like, have them on and be like, look, it, we c- it can be done well. And I know mm-hmm. it can be done well around, uh, not just with my small group. Um, but I've been so grateful for friends, like I said, in California and, and people that I talk to and we just, I literally, there's somebody I pray with often and I haven't seen her in a decade and there's just that friendship, that connection that can happen in the spirit. Um, but just to even say that the internet is not completely evil (laughs) and that you can actually find real friendships that can even help in times of pain and trauma. So Tammy, I remember you and I went back and forth just about our similar stories. Um, and mm-hmm. if you could just do like a, I know it's too short of a time, but like a five minute, people know my story, just to get to know some of your story and like why the connection and uh, just to give some more context. Sure. Um, I uh, was born in Philadelphia um, and my mom, my dad left before I was born. And my mom was an alcoholic. And when I was about four years old, I think she went to do a quote unquote apartment hunt Mm. um, and left us with a relative and she didn't come back for the entire weekend. Mm. And by the end of that weekend, my grandmother, my aunt put my brother and I in foster care. Um, And so that was when I was four years old and um, ended up in foster care for 14 years from four to 18. Um, and that was, um, it was definitely a mixed bag, more bad than good, to be honest. I mean, it was Philadelphia in the seventies foster care. You can just imagine what that urban existence was like. Mm. Um, and there was abuse. There was neglect. There was, um, sexual abuse. There was emotional abuse, physical abuse. Um, all of those things just, you know, rolled into one, and I kind of lived with this, um, 
you know, hope that my mom was going to come back for me. Like that was, she kept telling me that. So I just thought it was going to be true. So I held on to that hope for like nine years mm. of her rescuing me. Um, and I think it was around 13 when I realized like it was never going to happen. Mm. Um, and it was devastating. It was devastating to me. And even before then, um, I had, I knew that I was experiencing same sex attraction when I was really very young, actually. Um, and it came, became kind of like, um, at like a worship of women mm. that because my mom had abandoned me, the only way I was worth anything is if another woman approved of me and, um, liked me and made me worth something. Mm. Um, and so from that time on, there was just this like, you know, um, Elizabeth Barrett Browning talked about a mother want about the world, just like this longing, um, an ache for a mom that's just never filled. Mm. Um, and, um, of course with sexual abuse, it just exacerbated everything. Um, and I, I struggled with depression as a kid. Um, I've been in counseling since like the third grade, um, and struggled a lot with depression and anxiety. Um, and as I entered into my teenage years, um, it became a lot of cutting and a lot of suicidal ideation. I was actually hospitalized, um, when I was 17 for two weeks. Mm. Um, and at that time, um, I was in a foster home. I go to the hospital for two weeks and while I'm gone, the family goes on vacation and basically moves me out. Oh, so I had no idea going to the hospital that I was going, I was going to a children's home. Oh, for my, my senior goodness. of high school, I ended up in like an independent living situation with an RA in an apartment with one other girl in a suburb. It was the worst. It was like the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it was actually when I was in the hospital, one of the social workers actually took me there. Um, and she asked me if I had a Bible and I was like, no, I don't, I don't have one. And so she gave me hers. Um, and it was, I think it was the first night in the hospital where I just was, so broken, so absolutely feeling like the biggest failure in the world. And I remember my words that were like, I can't die right. You know, I can't live right. Lord, if you want this life, you can have it. It's yours. Wow. Um, yeah. And so from then it became, you know, um, spent a year at the children's home, went to a Christian college for a year, which was just a fiasco. Really, I don't recommend if you're a new Christian ever going to a Christian school. Um, <laughs> so what, what made it tough for you or like why was it a bad like jump? Um, you know, I didn't find that many actual real Christian people there. Hmm. Um, and it seemed like all of us were on like, we're just on our way to becoming completely derailed spiritually emotionally, everything. And, and I, I picked up some bad theology there as well um, that I really wanted to believe was true. And basically was that, you know, Christian and homosexuality are completely compatible. And, um, and I longed for that. I wanted to believe that. And so there was about um, over a year that I um, really believed that and lived it. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to recover from that. Um, I ended up going from, I only went to freshman year, couched her for a year because I had nowhere to go. I wasn't talking to my foster family. I was pretty much just like homeless, living on people's couches. And then um, I went to Chicago, sort of almost on a whim. Like, I'll go for two months to this ministry called Jesus People USA, you know, where all the misfits go to be discipled. Mm-hmm. And they'll take me in there. Um, and I did. I went there when I was 19. 
and was only going to stay there for two months and ended up staying for 12 years. And now altogether, it's been 20 years that I've been living in intentional community in the inner city of Chicago. And it's Jesus People USA, you said? Yes. Okay. I just couldn't hear that. Okay. So that's, you're still there. So at some point you got married to a dude and had this beautiful girl, Phoenix. So how, um, and this again, so Tammy, I, I, I buried some of this lead. Like she writes some about this experience. She is, what are you, what's your title with the mudroom blog? Um, founder and curator. Founder and curator of the Mudroom blog, which is a really beautiful place where a lot of women just go and write authentically through a perspective of loving Jesus, through different perspectives on many things, um, as far as like not everyone struggles with same-sex attractions or things like that. But it's really a neat community there. Um, I've written, I think, just once there uh but what I appreciate is you're turning some of your pain into beauty and, and really inviting people into this, this space. Um, but what I appreciated when we started talking is I could relate to the same sex attractions. I could relate to also being married to a guy. I could relate to the trauma mm-hmm. processing, especially this last year. Like when I just like randomly text you, I'm like, I don't know what to do in this scenario. Um, so <laughs> I want to get into some of that friendship, but I guess just quickly, like, do you, I, I don't know, just like, what's your relationship like with your husband? And, um, I guess just some of that, that journey with that similar context to me. Okay. Um, I met my husband, um, like 23 years ago. Um, and he was also from the East coast. We met in Chicago and like East coast people were very hard to find. Um, and so we very much like connected over, you know, talking faster than everyone, walking faster than everyone and having way more sarcastic sort of interactions with one another and other people than anyone else in the community at that time. Um, and you know, we were attracted to each other, um, and, Cause I mean, seriously, man, uh, he walked in and it was like, he had like this like, bright cherry red Krishna tail. I don't know his, what like, that means. Okay. It's Krishna's. They shave their head and all they have is one tail that comes from the back of their head. <laughs> okay. And so when I met Mike for the first time, he's wearing, of course, Doc Martin yeah. and peg jeans. Okay. <laughs> um, and this like shaved head with a red Krishna tail. And that was like, I uh, was like, okay. I can, I can, I can get with this guy. Um, and, um, the cool thing was that by the time he let me know that he was interested in me, he already knew all about me. Hmm. Um, which was just a huge comfort to me that I didn't have to like break it to him, mm-hmm. you know, cause I wasn't shy about my past or my struggles or anything like that within community. There are people who definitely knew my story. Um, and I would talk about it. I would share my testimony all the time with people. Um, and he already knew that about me and he pursued me anyway. Mm. Um, and I remember like the first night that he sort of let me know that he wanted to date me. Um, the feeling I had was like, I'm so honored that this man would like me because he was just kind and gentle and funny and, um, so compassionate and merciful. Um, and I just felt honored that a good man like that could ever be attracted to me. Hmm. So, had you been attracted to other guys before or is this like the first guy? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, I had been attracted to other guys before. Um, it, it would never last. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think a lot of it was because it was expected of me. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the only outward sort of like affection and relationship I could have. Um, um, but with Mike, it definitely, it definitely was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I trusted him implicitly. And that was a really, really cool thing about Mike was that I would, I watched him like a hawk whenever he was with other people. Yeah. Um, and not like, as I don't trust you, but like, I want to see how you interact with other people. Right. And what I saw in him, I was so impressed by, um, and one time I remember, you know, this guy in our community was sort of a big nerd. He was just, oh, he was just something else, this guy. And um, he was down in the lobby with a bunch of guys, and he was trying to talk to them, but the dudes were sort of like just kind of laughing at him and sort of mocking him a little bit. And then Mike came down, and the guy turns to Mike and starts talking to him, and Mike looks him right in the eye and just answers him and is just engaging with him in a mm-hmm. real way. And I, my heart, like, leapt at that, and I was Aww. just like that's the kind of man I want to marry someone who's that kind to the marginal, to the misfit, to the least of these. Um, I love that. And so that was, yeah. Yeah. And also the way he treated women, that was the other thing too, was that, Oh my gosh, the way he treated my friends, the way he talked to them, the way he respected them and honored them, protected them. Like when I saw that, I knew like I'm safe with this man. Right. That it wasn't like a, a pursuit of you or taking advantage of you, which is, I'm learning as I'm learning more about trauma and the effects of trauma, just like that's really important to see, like, you don't feel that same triggering or at least it's less than Mm -hmm. when like, because if he would just be like, I'm just pursuing you to just pursue you and get what I need, like that would have just set off all sorts of alarms in your head. So I love hearing that. I love hearing your story. And I think we just need more and more of these that are just, I'm ongoingly broken, but I'm pursuing God. And this Mm -hmm. is my version of that. Um, But again, how how I just want to like land the plane for a little bit, just even in kind of opening up our friendship, but just even friendships in general when you're in a tough season. And and like I mentioned, like there's been times through this year where I'm, I did it probably a month ago or whatever, where I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And um, what I really appreciated is you've you've understood the scenario, like you've understood just mm-hmm. like the same sex attraction piece, the married piece, the trauma piece, and so yeah. that has been really helpful. And even some of the an- anonymity of of the being online uh, versus like in person, which caused mm-hmm. me to risk less. To be honest with you, like I needed to also risk in real life, like in person with my friends. I. I see, but it was, it was a safe place for me. Um, but Tammy, I know that you've had to process out, like you just talked incredible amounts of pain and trauma, but who, what are some characteristics of friends who have journeyed with you? Uh, like good friends, like what are signs of Mm -hmm. good friends when you're in a tough place? Like what do they do or say, or what do they, what do they say? What's the, what's the grit of them? Oh, so one thing, um, I believe that, um, you know, a person who, who isn't just there to hear your secrets, but they can also bear your trauma, you know, because I feel like people sort of, you know, we we always want people to confide in us, Yeah, you know, it's super interesting. We feel super honored. People are going to share their secrets with us, you know? Um, but there are some people who they can hear the secret, but they can't actually walk alongside you through the trauma. Which Um, can feel kind of gossipy, like... I like, yes. I want to hear your secret, but I don't actually want to bear the weight of this secret right, yeah. with you, like bear this burden. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. 
and they're not going to stick with you for the fallout. Um, as Christians, sometimes we live in a perfect world scenario. Yeah, perfect world, Christians would all be safe with each other and could journey with each other towards healing, but that just isn't always the case. Um, and I think for myself, finding people who, um, who I found trustworthy because I, I saw the way they acted with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I really watched the relationships. Um, and then, you know, other people I respected trusted them or confided in them. Um, and they also knew how to ask for help themselves. Like, I feel that I think super, super important. Um, because I feel like when you're in a friendship, um, you can kind of tell if it's unbalanced a little bit, whereas you're always the one doing the confessing. You're always the one sharing your hurt yeah. and your need. And the other person doesn't ever really reciprocate with the same level of vulnerability. So someone um, who can also like say like, Hey, here's where I'm at also. So it's, it yeah. feels like the sharing is, is like an equal amount. Yeah. Okay, here's yeah. a question into some of this. So you mentioned earlier about how mm-hmm. like there's been a search, you know, uh, for this like mother yeah. figure in your life. And I'm just hearing you like list these characteristics of a friend. And I, I yeah. walk with a lot of women who can be like, you are my person. You are going to fix my pain. Right. And, and men, yeah. like we're looking for a savior. We're looking for Jesus. So how do you, who just admitted like, that's really, I can wrestle with that. Like, look, who's going to save me? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep yourself from doing that in friendship, especially if you're in a tough place? First of all, um, like accountability is everything, um, especially if like it's a newer friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm finding myself like with like a deep, like a quick, deep emotional connection with them. Mm-hmm. Like I will let other people know. Yeah. Um, and I will say to them, if you hear me talking about this person in an inordinate amount of time or, um, if you have any concern about the amount of time I'm spending with them online or on the phone or even in person, yeah. like I please tell me, I'm giving you permission right now yeah. to, to challenge me on that. Um, and so I kind of put that safeguard around that relationship. I let pe- other people in yeah. and I give them permission to sort of, you know, kind of keep an eye on me and keep me in check really. Hmm. Um, so you do that right away. Like you're like, I'm yeah. gonna, I know where I'm weak. I'm going to just shoot a text out to this person, this person, be like, yes. please check in with me here. And this uh-huh. is how. Yes. Hmm. And and I've had friends who have absolutely done that hmm. and who they will, you know, shoot me a Facebook message and like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while, but it seems like you and this other person are connecting a lot. How's that going for you? Oh, that um, kills. I don't like that. <laughs> don't yeah. call me out of my stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does. But then there's just such a safety in that as well, that there's just such a relief huh. um, in knowing that there's other people around you who, who are watching you. Yeah. Um, they care enough and to there's say a safety something. In that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I do. Um, and another thing is that absolutely let my husband know. Hmm. Like I tell them about this person. Yeah. Um, you know, um, when you and I first started becoming friends, I immediately told my husband, like, this is Lori Krieg. This is similar <laughs> struggles to me. You know, we'll be connecting probably mostly over Messenger, maybe texting sometimes. But I just want, you know, you to know. Good for you. You can ask me at any time, like, how are things going, Lori? You know. Um, That's incredible. Um, Thank you for sharing that very tangible yeah. piece. Yes. Anything else on that? Um purposely making sure that I am maintaining other friendships 
like, okay, I've just been on the phone with this person for two hours. So tomorrow I'm going to find someone near me and just hang out for an hour. Mm. Sit on the couch with them, talk, whatever, go out for coffee and try to maintain an actual physical balance of time and space. What does that do for you? Or like what, how, how does that balance? Um, for myself, like I, I live in my head. Like I am just like, I'm, I have a real big struggle with being present to my own life. I feel like a lot of the time I'm walking alongside myself, almost like watching myself on mm. a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me to do that, it's like I'm pulling myself out of that like amorphous, like emotional aspect of it and putting myself in an actual physical, tangible place where I'm required to speak out loud and be in someone else's presence so that I'm not just in my head constantly thinking about the relationship, the friendship, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like thinking about yeah. when time I can talk to them or what am I going to say next when I talk to them or, oh, oh my gosh, are they not texting me? Like that kind of thing. Love it. Thank you for this vulnerability. And I know, mm-hmm. I, I just know that this is going to impact a lot of um, women and, and men who can wrestle in the same sort of Mm-hmm. It's really, it's we're kind of talking about codependent relationships, how we can get dependent mm-hmm. on people and it doesn't have to be like drive to sexuality. It can just be like, we just, we're all looking for a savior and it, it can yeah. manifest in humans. Um, I want to shift gears to um, like, how can we be healthy I don't know, like be good people in pain. Um, but bef- before we do that, I just, I, I want to write down a few things that have been helpful for, for me or just to, to offer mm-hmm. a few things that have been helpful. Um, just, you know, you've been traveling alongside me and other people who have been. And these these are characteristics for me of friends who are helpful in pain. And um, first one I wrote down is they're not afraid of you. And they, they say this sort of thing, like you're not too much. Uh, I think when we're in pain mm-hmm. and like processing, we can be afraid of like, I'm too much for the world. And so for someone to just say that is really helpful. Um, they point you back to Jesus. They don't point you to themselves as the healer. They say hopeful, but not belittling phrases like, you know, Jesus saves or, you know, you're going to make it through. Uh, I just keep thinking about how it's like life is not a Disney movie. And, and when people are like, yeah, you know, you're going to get to the other side. and You're going to go help people. And I'm like, but maybe not. But maybe not. Like maybe that's not God's will for me. That's actually very mm-hmm. freeing. You're laughing. I'm. I'm. I can. I'm guessing you felt similar <laughs> ways. Oh yes. Yeah. Um. They they check in. So just how you doing? Um. But not like I'm nervous about you and you don't know how to live today unless it really is like where I'm. I'm talking really scary stuff or someone is. Uh, they share too. You mentioned that, and they make you feel like your pain is unique to you, but you're not like a freak. So your pain mm-hmm. is your pain, but you're not like an alien. Like you, I also have pain. I'm not gonna make it about me, the person listening to you, but um, I'm with you, and and I feel you. So um, how can we be good? <laughs> people in pain and I don't like that word good but anyway like how what's helpful and I actually reached out to some of my friends today and I was like it was super scary but God just keeps having me do these really hard things where I'm like um how am I a good am I good in pain like is this am I like overly traumatic or how how is this and I got some feedback from um one friend who's in my small group but 
Um, Tammy, just in, in thinking through this, mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess just, I guess you could think about walking with me or with walking with other friends, but like, what's helpful for you as a come alongsider to someone in pain? Okay. What's like helpful, um, if, if someone's going through, through trauma and like to reach out, like what's, how can they go through it well to be helpful to, to human people who aren't God around them? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the, um, the recurring themes for me in friendship is always reciprocation. Um, And I I just think it's hugely important, um, especially reciprocating care, because when you are the person who is being cared for, it's very easy to sort of um, stay in that place. Yeah. Just Um, receive, receive, receive. Yes, exactly. And we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the other person's life, their experiences, their struggles, their challenges, and even their victories so that we can actually support and encourage them too. And, and it's not about tit for tat. Like I give something to you, you give something to me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not about that at all. Um, I just think being present to others when you're hurting is a powerful way to keep yourself from sinking into isolation and self-pity. Totally. Um, Another thing is having fun together. Hmm. Um, It's super easy to let your friendship become only about what's hard right now. Yeah. And that sort of comes the identifier of your friendship. Is that like, you know, you're the one I go to when things are hard and, um, and make a point to enjoy each other's company without having to constantly delve into like these super deep, painful relationships and conversations. Um, it's kind of like reading a book together or going to the movies, making dinner, um, to not let the relationship become so heavy that it becomes a burden to both of you. I love that. That's so important. Um, and I just think mm-hmm. about even like how we re- require goofball Island, but I just think mm-hmm. at times when I've been severely depressed and then I'd like laugh during it and I'd be, I'd almost feel mm-hmm. like I was betraying my depression. Like I'm, I'm sorry, depression. <laughs> yeah. I still see you inside of there, but um, it's not a betrayal. It's just like a coming up for air. Like it's, you're still the same person. You're still in pain. You're not, not, that in, in, in pain, but it's, it's okay. And it's kind of like, um, giving a little, a breather to those traveling with you as well. Is, is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. What else? Good stuff. Keep it coming. Yeah. Um, I guess too, like not letting that person become the only person you talk to. Yeah. Um, I think it is super, super important, um, that it's sort of spread. It takes a village, right? It takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to help one another get through trauma. Mm. in a healthy and lasting way. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, knowing the other person's limitations and accepting them as well, because yeah. they're not going to be great for everything. Right. Um, and, and I think we need to realize that and understand that and not, you know, feel rejected by the other person if they can't, for that one topic, be all that you want them to be. Right. Um, and nor are they supposed to be like, it's the body no. of Christ. And in the second, I, I just, I can't help but think God would, would make that his provision. Like, no, they're not going to be your everything because I am all, I'm the head of the body and, and you need to be, learn how to be interdependent on others. And this, it doesn't mean like you have to go tell a hundred, you don't have to do a podcast and like, no. <laughs> we didn't share for a year and a half, you know, we've been journeying with this, with, with just a few people. But I think that's so important that you, yeah. to not just depend on one and nor, nor is that like how we're supposed to be as like a church and 
Um, it's, it's not fair to the rest of the body because they could have other things yeah. to offer. Yeah. I mean, the most loving thing that you can do for someone is to say, I don't know how to do this with you, but I will help find someone who can. Yeah. And I think that's just super, super important is to allow the person to be that. And, mm-hmm. and for you to be that person too, as well, to be able to admit, like, I don't exactly know how to help you right now, but Hey, let's find someone together who can. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to share a few things from my friend, uh, Carrie, who's in my small group again. I just emailed and asked them. I was like, so when <laughs> I'm going through pain, you guys have been walking with me. What's, what's like been helpful for what I do? Cause I can't look outside of my own body. So I just asked them like, what is, and so this is what, what they shared, um, which is, I don't know, is helpful insight for me, just even in my real time processing, um, but she said, my friend Carrie said I, that I share details uh, as opposed to vague generalities. And I think mm-hmm. about how helpful that is for me. Like when people are like, I mean, I'm going through pain, but God is good. And um, like, I always, I always appreciate when it's appropriate, like in the right context and in the right like relationship mm-hmm. to be like, this is what's really tough. And, um, and I even think about, you know, like we shared on the podcast last week, some pretty specific stuff, but like we, Matt and I talked about that beforehand and we, we, we prayed about it. We had people praying as far as like, okay, how much is too much? And, and it, none of what we shared was like more than we wanted to. It felt like, no, for the sake of the, the big, the capital C church, we're like, I think we need to be at this level of vulnerability because this is not talked about. Um, and I, I liked this feedback because this helps me as I journey with other people is my friend Carrie said like that I, 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 I invite questions and I, I try to, I try to in the moment and you receive our questions with grace. I'm reading now. She emailed me and make it a safe space for the listener to speak because these things are so tender. We as listeners run the risk of saying the quote wrong thing in response. But even if we do, I imagine you would acknowledge it, but wouldn't become defensive or shut us out. That's so critical. I think mm-hmm. when you're sharing from a place of vulnerability, it's so scary. And like we can kind of go back to these places of when the trauma happened. Like it's like we turn into and whatever therapist would say this, uh, we can kind of turn into that child inside who's like, ah, I'm scared uh-huh. and I'm freaking out. And then we talk about it. And then if anyone like alludes to something that could slightly be offensive, we can freak out like that little kid inside. Like we freak out at almost that age. Um, and so to just remember, okay, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm yes. There's, there's this pain inside that happened at X age. Um, but how can I, this person isn't trying to hurt me. They're not trying to say the wrong thing. Um, so how can I give them grace in this moment? Um, I agree with all that. I'll just say this last one. Um, and then we're going to go to one, one more question. She said, my willingness to say what I need, I, I feel like bad right now, but whatever, like talking about myself, but I, this is so critical is we are not mind readers. And I think like when someone's going through pain, you're just like, well, you should know to call me right now. You should know to do this. And if you really cared about me, you would know X, Y, Z. And like, 
um, I've been very conscious of this as I'm going through this pain of like, how can I, can I sit? It's so hard. It's so terrifying to be like, I need someone to call me right now. Can you please do that? Cause you feel so dumb. Cause what if they don't, and then you feel like doubly dumb cause they don't call uh-huh. and you ask for it. Uh, so you feel horrible, but, um, I don't know. I've been pushing myself. So it was kind of, it was neat to have her like name that, but I, I don't know. I, uh-huh. can, can you relate to that? Like when you're going through a tough time to be like, I'm going to say the hard sentence of I'm doubly needy. I'm in pain. Plus I need someone to reach out right now. Oh yes. Like I, I'm a two on the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, and we are the best at being able to read other people's minds and give them exactly what they need Mm. before they even know they need it. And then we just absolutely expect everyone to do the same thing to us and they never can. And we're always disappointed and always hurt and always feeling rejected by that. Um, And one of the characteristics of a two is never acknowledging your own needs. Um, And that's been a huge thing for me is um, because I'm, I'm terrified of actually expressing my needs. Because yeah. I am so terrified of being rejected mm-hmm. that um, I don't want to express my needs. And I, as a foster kid growing up, like, you don't you don't ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. You just take what you can get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically it. Like, you know, you, you lay low. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, um, yep. you, you make yourself super small. And I grew up in that place. And then also this, like, personality type of mind where it is like make yourself really small um and be there for when people need you because that's how you are worth something and that's Mm -hmm. the only way you'll be loved Mm -hmm. um and so actually like acknowledging my own needs and being able to express them um is a challenge um and i'm getting a lot better at it um but it still is like it it, it's an incredibly vulnerable spot it is put in Um, I'm just going to ask one last question there, which is based Mm -hmm. off of what you just said. So you said people can never meet that need enough. Where do you take Mm -hmm. that disappointment? When I'm in a healthy place or when I'm in a not healthy place? I mean, well, let's hit both. (laughs) Um, When I'm in an unhealthy place, um, probably where I'm going to go first is just into my head. And whether it's... um, like fantasy or um, even berating myself and sort of mm. letting myself get into that space where I'm just talking trash about myself constantly and totally just escaping into Netflix, escaping into books. Like that's my unhealthy place I go when I'm feeling disappointed and I'm feeling lonely and I'm afraid of being rejected. Um, when I'm at a healthier place, of course, like, you know, I'll go to my husband and say, like, I am just so lonely right now. Like, I feel like I'm not really connecting with people on a deep level mm-hmm. and I'm feeling really invisible. Like, that's one of the biggest fears in my life actually is being invisible um, and, and incredibly, like, forgettable, disposable. Um, mm-hmm. And so being able to, like, use that vocabulary that I've discovered and using those exact words to tell my husband, like, I'm feeling invisible, I'm feeling disposable, um, and I'm feeling really lonely. Yeah. Um, and then letting, and then actually the receiving of how he can fulfill that is huge. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to be exactly what I want. It's not going to be another woman, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. spending quality time with me or telling me everything I want to hear. Um, and I'm their best friend, and I'm the only one that knows, you know, 
how to make them feel better. It's going to be my husband in his finite self giving what he can through Jesus mm-hmm. to meet whatever he can of that need and me being able to be like, it's enough for right now. Yeah. It's enough. And letting the Lord be enough. Like, that's a huge thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I live in a place where, like, the Lord is not enough for me. And I have that constant need for more and for more and for more. And that I kind of have a mantra of, like, you are enough for me. You're enough for me. You know, mm-hmm. what you have for me is enough. Like, you are enough. Yeah. Um, and that's something I have to remind myself all the time is that God is enough for me. And so is my husband. And even these friends, with whatever little they can give me, like, it's enough. And I have to be in that place to receive that and, like, live from that place of acceptance. Love it. I have made a habit of when friends disappoint me, because everyone does, of just, like, I catch my heart just going down to a place of pain. And in my best moments, I go, God, thank you for this reminder that you are enough. Thank you, God, that they Mm -hmm. disappointed me. Thank you that they failed because (laughs) I just realized that I was worshiping a person. So um, thank you, Tammy, for that reminder and for all of Mm -hmm. these incredible um, pointers. And um, we have a lot to to take away with us this week just in thinking about friendship. I know a lot of women, uh, this is a tough, not talked about place, but... That's what we do at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We talk about what nobody else is. So welcome. <laughs> um, so Tammy, thanks so much for being a part of our podcast. Uh, you can we can find Tammy. You can find her on Facebook, and you can find her at is it the Mudroom Blog? Is that what's the website? Yeah, mudroomblog.com. Mudroomblog.com. So you can find her there in the the cura- the curation of writers. There, it's a lot of great stuff. Um, And so the question of the week that we're going to be doing next week is, speaking of friendship, who was your best animal friend growing up? (laughs) I know. Did you have a pet? And what's the tragic tale of their demise? Because that's always a part of the animal story. Sorry, but it's true. Um, Anyway, we'll hopefully not cry too many. I can refer you to my daughter's YouTube channel where she did an entire YouTube video on um, all her hamsters and how they died. Oh, see, see, I knew this there was it happening. Is. It's always a part of it. Um, so Tammy, thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, podcast today and for your wisdom and insight and just thoughts on, um, just the, the drama with drama, <laughs> the journey. You're welcome. Thank I mean, you for the yeah. invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, it can be drama, but the trauma and friendship, um, really really appreciate it and for all of us here at the whole in my heart podcast we will see you next week thanks again for listening to this week's episode Uh, we hope it has been another reminder that the gospel really is good news for everybody every day hey would you tell a friend about uh, the whole in my heart podcast Uh, tell them they can find it in google play in the tune in app and of course apple podcast if if you don't want to miss an episode really uh, suggest that you subscribe in apple podcasts and remember your positive ratings and reviews Reviews will help us reach more listeners. And of course, you can follow Lori at himhministries.com. We'll see you next week.